let's start with April. April, what did you bring? Um, I brought my self-published book of poetry, Love is Like Breathing. Mm, okay, we're going to hear more about that in a second. And Yvette, what did you bring? I brought um, a book that I published for my mother. It's a children's story. And the future poetry book I hope I publish. Oh, we're going to have a poetry slam. <laughs> I wasn't planning on that, but I might. So first of all, thank you too for saying yes and being on the uh, Not Quite Strangers podcast. My name is Valerie Hope. I am your host. And this is an opportunity to bring two people together who are not quite strangers. Well, definitely not strangers to me, but strangers to each other. And the idea is to use this opportunity to inspire curiosity, build a connection between two people, but then also you know, disrupt and challenge the status quo as it relates to building relationships. And today's special guests, this is interesting and it was not intended to be a poetry slam, although I'm not opposed to having a little poetry off. I don't know what that's like, that might be cool. <laughs> but I invited April Brown. April, first and foremost, is my cousin. And so we have, we go way back, her, her mother and my father are siblings. And April, you and I have been connecting more and more over the last year, I think, having more conversations. Yeah. And I remember you shared with me a few years ago that one of the biggest breakthroughs you had was in, in publishing your poetry. And I was like, I, you write poetry? I had no idea of the depths of, the, of your art and your craft. So I'm so excited that you said yes and are here to share some, you know, some more about you. I'm, I'm eager to learn. Yeah. And then when I thought... Ah, April, who can April talk to that would be an interesting connection? And I was like, oh, Yvette Valera. <laughs> <laughs> Yvette Valera. Yvette and I know each other from Toastmasters here in the Dallas area and maybe three years or so, Yvette, that we've known each yeah, other. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. And, you know, and it's always been kind of in the Toastmaster realm of conversation. And then I don't even know how it turned out that one day we started talking about, you know, you write songs and you write poetry and then you said you wanted to publish a book and there's so many other things. You're also very creative and you've been on my podcast before. You were on my Time to Come Alive podcast a couple of years back. So, you know, I know that you uh, we shared a lot there, but I thought, hmm, I think you and April would make a great connection. So both of you now are here and thank you so much for being on the podcast. Welcome. All right. You both brought some, some literature, right? So let's start with you, April. Tell us about the book. Tell us what is it about poetry or what is it about this book and what it means to you? Um, I, this book, I published it in, uh, I self-published it in 2015. Um, it was like one of those, you know, you get a pull on you to do something and like it's something that you can't ignore. And it's like the pieces of it all together I mean really and all the pieces were based on on me my mind you know I I, I envisioned the the cover I envisioned the back cover and I can't do this art but I have a, a, a girlfriend from college who does digital illustration and I asked her if she could do it and I sent her the sketches and from my my terrible sketches she was able to get the the, the, um, the artwork for it and I asked her to do it even while I was still working on the book because it was like, I, I felt more um, 
pulled or motivated by having those two ends, right? Those like mm -hmm. finite points where I was like, okay, I oh, just wow. got to get everything else in between mm. and then I'll be good. Um, and I worked on it. I, I you know, I, I obviously wrote the poems myself, but I also did my own editing because I'm an English teacher. So the editing portion was natural to me. And then I also still felt like this is my baby and I don't want anybody to say anything before I have it done. So I, I you know, I went through and I, I took some time. I remember it was during um, the winter break of teaching that year. So I, I was teaching college at the time. So I took my winter break and that's what I focused on, just completing it and getting it out. And then, so that was uh, winter of uh, 2014, 2015. And then I published it in March of 2015. Um, and I was so happy to get it out because people had been asking, oh, are you gonna write a book? I usually, by then I was doing a lot of social media posting and and that sort of thing. So a lot of people started to find out. Um, but I've been writing poetry, uh, I would say since the fourth grade. Um, I've been writing poetry, oh, yeah. Wow. So it's, it's, it's been some time for me and then doing something like this you know we see books and you know they're all fancy and super published and simon and schuster and all of those things and now we have at our fingertips the ability to do it on our own and i felt like for my personality the way i'm always so hands-on about anything that's <laughs> for me and i want to do it myself it was perfect so you know i had the opportunity and so many people embraced it and and give me and still you know uh tell me how much they appreciate having it and how they read it and all of that so it's been um it's been really a fulfilling thing for me to do yeah, yeah. that's really cool and i actually wow. remember i think my mom my mom has a copy my brother has a copy i already admitted i did not buy a copy <laughs> and it's not personal <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was, I, but you know, I love, I love supporting people, especially, you know, you said something that you were pulled to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, when that inspiration is something that we have a choice to ignore or to pay attention to. And it sounds like you really allowed yourself to step into whatever you're pulled to do. Yeah. So congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. I know there's more yeah, to come. Wow. I mean, yeah. I have another one sitting in my computer that I'm slowly working on, but it has that, 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 you know, I hear them talk about it in music, how the sophomore album, the, the second one is always a harder one to put out because you're trying to meet the expectations of the first. So I'm trying to ignore that and um, really just focus on what it, what it is I want to say this time around. Focus on the pull. Well, I heard, I saw Yvette and your, and your facial expressions and body language <laughs> tells me that there's probably something before you share yours. What, what do you, what's resonating for you? Everything. <laughs> and I make a list because it's like, like the process that she went through is very similar to mine. Look, um, I would love the do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, the time writing, she says she started really young, and I was around art since I was young, mm. because my grandmother was a writer, and she loved poetry. She loved reciting poetry, and um, we put in the, well, she put in the book all what she has in the mind, and she said, it's something that is calling me, I have to write it. Um, so it's the same for me. I had it in my mind. That was a process for me to unwind and to help with the grieving process at the time. Mm -hmm. um, she's an English teacher, and uh, my book was reviewed by an English teacher. Uh, she, and I'll tell you the story later. It's just funny. And the sketch uh, um, is related to my mother because, uh, to my mother's book, because I made this, this this drawing 
and I have a friend also. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a friend that she's an artist and she created all the all the how do you call that the all the illustrations? Things in the book. She illustration. created illustration. She created all the illustrations. So she was talking, I was like, oh my gosh, I do that. I do that. <laughs> I didn't know any of this, by the way, before I invited the two of you. So look at all this. <laughs> what synchronicity and coincidence. Um, Yvette, tell us more about your book. What is it that, I know you said you have a lot of similarities in, in April's story, but what was mm -hmm. it that inspired? You mentioned grief. So how is yes. that connected yes. to your book? Yes, well, about um, 11 years ago, I went through a really tough process. Uh, it was... Um, it was really devastating, uh, but I was committed for going through the grieving process because I have read a lot about grieving processes. And I said, you know what, you have to go through this, just, you know, embrace it. And then um, one night, um, trying to sleep and I couldn't, and I remember Toastmasters always say, Right. If you have an idea, write it down. And I started writing and somehow started making a rhyme. And my grandmother came to mind because I had um, a Coraline, Caroline group. It was all children in my country for December, for Christmas. And my grandmother used to prepare verses for us. And she always rhymed. So when I started rhyming, I said, oh, maybe there is something here. So I put, I, I got the idea from Toastmasters. You know, you always say that you have the idea, you write the idea, and then you develop. So that's what I did that time. I wanted, you know, I had three main things in my mind. So I put the words, and I started expressing feelings and finding the rhyming words, and there you go, I had a point. Um, so what, that was 2000. 11 or something yeah 10 11 and that year only I wrote about 50 poems mm. it was my way to grieve because I was totally focused nothing distracted me when I started writing still today if I write an essay that's it I am in my zone mm. so that's how I started writing the poem Ooh, in the zone and it's interesting yeah. this whole idea of processing through your writing and that it came to you so your your grandmother came to you we should yeah. know you should tell us where you're from i don't think we've talked about that where you're from you oh no we didn't so i am from venezuela i have been in u.s for about 20 years i had a really good job and big family like all the latinos <laughs> and one day i got sick and I said, you know what, I'm not going to die without going to U.S. because that was my dream since I was little. So one day I started finding colleges here to learn English and I quit my job. And people were like, why are you quitting? You're crazy. Today they say that was my best decision ever due to the conditions, to the political conditions in my mother country. Mm. And I loved everything. Everything flew. You know, I got all the training. Then I applied for a job. Then I got the job and I was a sponsor. So everything, it was meant to be. Yeah. It was meant to be. 
I loved it. Every, every single step in the process. And I enjoy being here just as a student. So that was my sabbatical year mm, when I was taking year. training. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm also curious, April, about your, what, you know, what, what called you to write poetry? You know, what were you expressing in your poetry? And yours is specifically about love too. So I'm curious yeah. about what inspired that. This particular book. Yeah, I know when I started writing poetry early on, I had a, and the, the reason I started in the fourth grade was because I had a teacher who, uh, she was so awesome, Miss Miss Kasman. She was pretty strict, but it was because she was also a very organized person. And, and it was her organization, I think, that helped us to do this project. She had us do a project where we made, um, we made two books. One was a book of poetry. So she taught us a bunch of different styles of poetry. Um, limerick, lyric, we did haikus, we did all sorts of poetry in it. Um, and the other book was a story. So, and she had a, she, she got the materials for us and she showed us, you know, the process. So we made book covers and everything. It was awesome. Even at the time, Soila was very much, my, my older sister was into drawing. So she she did my my covers. Um, I actually, I found the books uh, a few weeks ago and I was just sitting there looking at it, you know, for the memory of it. But I think, you know, I look back at the book and I was just like, she really like had us write a whole book. And, you know, I look at my own and I'm like, this is a legitimate one that I sell, but that was, you know, the beginning of it. And I kept writing poetry after that, especially because she taught us so many styles. Um, and then uh, my parents, my parents had been divorced for years, but then I, I think I started having, you know, that, that teen experience of, you know, you're upset about what your mom does, your father does or whatever. And I used to use my poetry mm -hmm. to express some of that, especially about my dad. Um, okay who was present but wasn't living in our home. So I would write like, you know, angry poetry. We're fine now, he's, he's great. But at that time, yeah. I, I it was my emotions that were directing my writing. Um, and then of course I was, you know, reading a lot of other people's poems as well, uh, classic poems and, and things. So it was always something that I enjoyed because it was like you, you had the opportunity to um, take time to interpret, right? It wasn't on the surface. It was about what am I getting out of this? Or what's in here? for me. And then when I got into college and I would take classes that were about poetry, um, I started at Hampton in Virginia and then I, I transferred back home to Hunter in New York City. And I changed my English major from, in, at Hampton it was uh, English literature. But then when I went to Hunter, I did English creative writing. So then at that time, what I was able to do was uh, take classes that were workshops. And that was a game changer for me because I had professors telling me things about my poems and I'm like, wait, which poem did you read? And that was mine. You know, they were comparing me to poets and, and some of these, these professors oh. had written, you know, their own poems, their own poetry, their own books. They were, they were known, they were editing other people's poetry. So it was very, very like ridiculously encouraging mm. um, to get that feedback about things that I felt so personal about. And I was writing it and reading it in class and able to get the feedback. So it was like at that time, then I started getting other people telling me what they thought. And it wasn't just me in my head saying, I like this, but I don't want to read it for anyone else. But other people say, no, that's great. And I had to do it. And that was kind of probably the best way because I knew it was something, you know, connected to a grade, but it was still something that was so personal to me. So I had that motivation of having to do the poem and having to put it up and having to workshop it. And then, you know, the professors giving me the feedback and having me come to their office and talk about the things that I do and think about and all of that. So it really, really encouraged me. And, and I think it's a little, for me, my view that I am a poet. 
Um, obviously, this was many years before I ever published, but at the same time, I knew that was something that I could probably wear. Like, yeah, I can, I can write a poem. That's fine. So, um, once social media, you know, really started growing, I was I started publishing, posting my poems on Facebook, and having friends read it and say how much they enjoyed it. And then, you know, after Facebook, it was, uh, I think Tumblr. I would post some, and then uh, Instagram. And then that's where, you know, I saw a, a larger audience of people start to respond to my writing and send me messages and saying, you know, it means something to them and that sort of thing. So it kept pushing me. Um, and then a friend of mine, um, Katrina, every time someone is talking to me about my writing, I bring her up because it was her that said, okay, April, go ahead, just write the book. She was like, just <laughs> stop publishing and teasing us, like do the whole thing. Yeah, she, yeah. she motivated, motivated me. She was awesome about it. And she was like, she even looked at one of my poems and she, excuse me, she said, um, this should be the title. And in one of my poems, and I'm, I don't even, I don't think I included the poem in the book either. Um, I wrote a line that said, love is like me. And she's like, this has to be the title. So I was just like, thanks. <laughs> and you know, and then it and then it 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 started falling together, the cover and all this. And I was just like, why does this feel so easy? Why does this feel so right? Like I knew it already. So that was, you know, and then the poems themselves being about love. For me, after that time, I had gone through a divorce. And it was something I know uh Yvette, you mentioned um grieving and i and in divorce they tell you that in separating a, a marriage or a relationship there's a grieving process to it and this was a, just a few years after uh, we had already separated so it it helped in that regard where i had things that i wanted to get out about love where it was like for a while i was trying to convince myself not to be hardened not to you know carry my anger around or or uh, anything like that not to not to to uh, block myself in that so i kept talking about love um, I think in one of my poems, I say I talk so much about it because I need, I, I wanted to know where to find me. And it was like a, a call for me, but then other people were responding to me like, oh my God, I really, I, I wanted to say, or this, this is exactly how I feel and that sort of thing. So I'm like, okay, at least I know I'm not crazy. I know that there's a feeling in here that's not just about April, but it's about the human experience. Exactly. So the, 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 the subject itself for me isn't just about love and romance. But love, and love for self, love for the work that you do, love for others, love when a person doesn't seem to be deserving of it, those the, the difficult moments of love and that sort of thing, and just allowing it to be, that's why I say it's like breathing, because, you know, we don't say, oh, I breathe at work, but when I'm home, I don't breathe. It's like, you have to, you have to keep doing it wherever you are. And it's been something that I've applied in my life. It's not like, you know, I just wrote a cute book, but um, I know my students and my colleagues at the schools that I've enjoyed working at, my colleagues would say that that's uh, how I am with my work. I love teaching. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. There's so many bureaucratic things about teaching that upsets me, but being in the classroom with students or working with colleagues who have like minds really excites me about what the possibilities could be. But I know that came from me focusing and saying, I can do this even when it's difficult, but it's because I love it, right? And mm -hmm. to transfer that idea, even to students who I know may be having a difficult time with certain things and I talk to them about things and I don't say love because people would say, oh, that's corny or whatever, but there's so many <laughs> other ways that love exists, you know, taking some patience, taking time for yourself, taking the opportunity to create a conversation with people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not not uh, lashing out at people and that sort of thing that young people, you know, oftentimes can do, but help mm -hmm. 
to learn the pace of life and, and showing them that learning that pace and really embracing what's going on around you helps you so much more to grow out of situations mm -hmm. instead of feeling like you're fighting and burdened with all of these things all the time. Yeah. It's like, take yeah. a moment to love yourself, love the people who are close to you, love what you're doing, and then things will start to fall into place. You know, so that's pretty much. May, may I ask you, mm -hmm. how did you feel April changed before writing? I mean, you wrote poems all your life, but for the book, who were you before and who were you after publishing the book? That's an interesting question, I guess. Before I was, <clears throat> I guess before I was like um, a hopeful person, like, oh, maybe, you know, I could do this, I could try this much more, not mute, but feeling tiny, if that's what, that's the only thing I'm thinking, like, I, like, I, I, I felt like, you know, I'm here in the world, but I still felt like pressed by it or like, like not holding my own, yeah. right, because of not feeling like I was being heard even, or that I was making the mark that I felt like I needed to make. Mm -hmm. um, after the book, and, it, and I don't even think it was because of the book, but because I released the book, like I got it out of me, then it was yeah. like, I'm here, this is who I am. I know that I'm this. And then, and that changed even in who I was in the classroom, how I would approach my work, because it was like, I, I know I can do this. I did it already, right? And I know, like, so if I can do this, if I can get it all done, I can get anything that I know is a desire of mine completed. And I, I didn't have that, that fear because even after I put out the book, I did something that I don't, I would never before. Not that I was shy, but I was just like, I don't want to be bothered with things like that. I put together my own um, book signing party. And, you know, people came and I was looking like, why are they here? And I'm like, but I put it together. So it was, you know, it, it, it emboldened me, right? To be confident in what it was that I was bringing. Not that I had like low self-esteem, but I just felt like, oh, you know, whatever is whatever. And then after this, I'm like, I, I, remember I got, I, I did a, a photo shoot for it and the photos came out awesome. Like the whole experience was just like, you know, like a welcome to the world, April. We've been waiting that sort of oh, my for myself, you know, it was so like, from tiny to welcome. <laughs> wow, very good. So let me tell you. Let me tell you um, uh, a little bit about uh, happened to me on the believing I was able to do this. Right? I mean, you're an English teacher. You learn how to do things, but I am an engineer. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, um, everything about logic. So anyway, so I started writing and I always thought, you know what, this would be nice to be published. Mm -hmm. um, this, I remember that one of the first um, uh, poems, I did it for a person for my ex when he was going through a really rough patch. And uh, when, when the divorce came up, uh, talking to, to a coach, uh, she said, I showed the, the poem and I told her, you know, I started writing again. I'm writing poems now. That's so weird because I'm writing in English and Spanish is my first language. And then she said, she read the book. And then she said, are you sure that was written for him? 
because this seems to be written for you. Mm. And uh, if you allow me, can I read that? Yeah. It's a small point. No, I'm glad you're, I'm, I, I have on my list, I need both of you to pick something that has touched okay. you and inspired you and read it for us. Because talking about it and is this, different than actually experiencing it. So April, get ready. And this, this is meant to be because I, this is, you see, it's all paper. I just open it and it came up. So it has, this it's is time. the first it time it's to, going. It wants to be heard. It needs to be heard. So it says, the hunt for light. You may have days, there's nothing new. When there is no doubt, you are feeling blue. Then you can hear, do not give up. It's from within, the joy comes up. For it is written, the sun will rise. When you believe, you, you will see the price. Mm. That's it. Very, very short, very. Thank you, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and so that, that was very, very inspiring, you know, when she said, you know, this is for you, just keep writing, that is helping you and everything. And then things happen, like I had a um, um, co-worker that she loves reading and I started giving her the emails. Hey, I wrote this, do you wanna read it? So she said, yeah, and use this instead of that because, you know, the English and the Spanish, and she's uh, bilingual too. And then one day, it was a long point, and she came to my office with the joy on her face, like, <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and that gave me so much confidence that what I was doing was right. So that was a sign. The... The third time was I was at my hairdresser and there was this beautiful lady, um, American lady, and she spoke the most beautiful English I ever heard. And she, she, was a, she was a teacher or something because she was always uh, helping my, my friend, she's from Venezuela too, with her English. So something came up to me and I went to her and said, Miss Lee, um, I wrote several points. Would you mind to read them and tell me if I need to correct something? And she said, I would love to. And then she came up with, what made you come to me to ask me for that? And I said, well, uh, not, I don't know. I just felt the confidence. And she said, do you know what I do? I said, nope. And she said, well, first of all, I am a ministress and I help people and go to... Finland or something to help people. And second, I am the English professor of the MBA in the University of Dallas in Arlington. English teacher, so English professor in that case. So that was for me a huge sign. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, she gave me the address and sent it to her and she wrote this. To me so interesting hope you what get hope you get publish. to publish <laughs> That's awesome. and she didn't write anything on it she put a, another word document on the side mm -hmm. you know making some suggestions that was so thoughtful mm -hmm. um 
So I said, you know what, that's the time. And then I started doing some development, uh, personal development programs. And it came up that the reason I wasn't publishing is because I didn't want to be naked in front of people. Mm-hmm. April knows that, right? Because you're like, oh, they're going to hear my thoughts. So I have been working on publishing it uh, in Amazon. It has not, I don't know what happened with the tool. I, that's something I need to engage. But I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So we'll soon have a book publishing party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And I, and I remember when we talked, uh, it's probably it's been <clears throat> for a year, Yvette, and you mentioned you had sent, I think it was before you actually even sent it to that, to your English friend, English speaking teacher friend. To look at it so it's moving along um you know it's funny that as i'm hearing the two of you share there's a few things i just want to draw out for people who might be listening whatever the, the mode of expression i mean the two of you share a love and a depth of experiences that you want to share through poetry but for some people it might be songwriting for others it might be a speech for someone else it might be maybe there's a class and they, they're teaching something to other group of people it doesn't matter the form of expression is irrelevant really but the themes that i heard from both of you are one is to listen for that inspiration right one is there's something else within you that wants to be expressed and that's that's when the the saying yes to letting and allowing that to be expressed number one the second thing i also heard is the healing quality of the expression right so whatever it is that you were dealing with at the time you were expressing the things that you needed to hear to feel to experience in order to heal it and then getting validation affirmation support unconditional love really from someone else. And you are, both of you are very mindful about who and how you went about getting that, mm-hmm. right? Finding the right individuals. So I think it's so, you know, it's like a little, like a little seed that you plant and then you get the little sprout and you don't, don't give it to just any old person to take care of, right? You need somebody that really loves plants or somebody that really knows how to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like you were both so mindful. So that positive word of encouragement, validation, really allowed to for you to blossom even more so 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 thrilled to have such a similar such great parallels um but i don't want to yeah i don't want to skip over april uh sharing if you mind sharing something that you're just looking through to find one i know i have like half of it in here and i extended it after so i'll um I guess I don't have it in here. Hold on. It's the one poem that I have memorized of all my poems. And mind you, most a lot of my poems are pretty short, but this is like the one poem that I keep saying over and over again. And I don't know why. I'm like, I don't know if it's just something that I I want people to hear, but my intention behind the poem itself is one that's been like, I look at the world and I think these things. Okay. <clears throat> we wield our words like wild beasts. But even while we speak perfectly what they speak and they sound nothing like us. Let's perfect our lines of speech. Perhaps at times we'll find it best spoken in silence. We use the eye in our head to guide us, saying everything loud in the quiet. And I love you, the I need you's, and I thank you. Also, you're beautiful. And we can mine those lines until the point we've spent so much time digging the minds of our language until we find our words ancient value. So when we say I love you, 
What comes through is Earth's first breath, the first moment she pushed out of the dirt and gave something back to herself. And we can remind each other of mother's intentions, releasing us out into the sun, more vessels to be filled up with love and spill over. So when we say, I need you, it's asking any of us to be mother, father, moon, or son of all of these were made of some. So we give reverence to all, that's how we thank you. Because we remember the songs of gratitude they sang to the sun for the gifts it gave from its residue alone. And we're grateful that you too are one. See how beautiful we can become. Mm. We were described in the lines and the markings carved out by our father's first tongues. We can translate the work to be done. Detail, how to serve and give purpose on earth till there's none. But let's begin with the notes from our hearts because even the wildest of beasts can comprehend that part. Thank you. Ooh. <laughs> no, 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 this is what we do. You know, the... I knew it. I knew I needed it. The teacher's box. <laughs> I wasn't in the prep email. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yvette, what moves you? Uh, she talked about screaming and being quiet. Mm -hmm. uh, and she talked also about the need, you know, to find someone that can hear you. So mm -hmm. those two really resonated in me. Why? Because I think when we are women that are empowered, like we are, to do ourselves many things, uh, we don't know how to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's something right now I'm learning. And I think the need is always there. It's just we're not brave enough to express it. Yeah. that's so true yeah. you know the line that really kind of struck me and i'm still you might have to read that part again but when you said that pushed up from the earth and gave birth to something for itself can you read that yeah, can you say so that part again yeah the um the first moment um uh the earth pushed out of the dirt and gave something back to herself so that i love you was like the earth you know feeding us basically is i love you and pushing up plants and you know vegetables out of the dirt and that sort of thing something for itself but it also now reminds me of the comment Yvette that your your friend made when she said did you write your you know your coach did you write this for him or for yourself mm -hmm. and it it just brought to mind that anything that comes through us right mm -hmm. I, like these expressions that you all are describing as things that are coming through us to give as a gift for others but they're as important a gift for ourselves, right? And I think that's that's what I really got in that line. It's so really cool. I think for me, I don't have the poetry is not a way that I, I use to express myself and my creativity, but I do write speeches often. And I also love teaching and being creative and how I communicate a message or engage and connect people. Like this is even, in, this, this is an expression of my creativity. But um, I remember last yeah. year, I was getting a lot of, a lot, but I got a couple of people who reached out to me after everything happened with, um, with George Floyd and his murder. And there are so many things going on around race and equality and diversity and equity and inclusion. I mean, you name it, it was in the news, it was in the workplace, it was at home. I mean, that was 
the conversation. And I had a couple of organizations reach out and ask me, hey, do you do any, you know, any training around diversity, equity, and inclusion? And I was just like, oh, <laughs> because the label was so daunting for me. I'm like, oh, we, part of me was like, it, it's something that's become a bit intellectualized when in reality is dealing with human frailty, right? A human connection. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, ah, no, not like that. I do some, I, I know I can do something, but it's not that. And it, there was this friction for me because I knew that what they wanted to do, I understood, I'm not criticizing the need for it. I just didn't think that was the approach. But I remember getting to one mm -hmm. point where I was just like, I can no longer sit back and criticize the approach and not provide a solution or an alternative. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, all right, what's calling to me? What's calling to me? And I needed guidance because I also knew that for me, having a message meant I would be maybe not in opposition. It's not an oppositional message, but it's one that perhaps was not as, is not something that is real as the people hear as often, right? And so I actually taken a course on speech writing and this was back in September last of 2020 and all the way through August or July, 2021, working, crafting, what is the message? Like, what is it that's being born through me? Like, what is it that I need to share? No, is that nine months? Is that <laughs> September? No, is that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's kind There's of, a meaning to it. I just thought about that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's been interesting because now, like even today, actually, I had a reading of a part of my speech with the audience, with the cohort, and got so many positive reflections back about it and the impact. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And it's so great. And it's so interesting. But it's like my take on how to connect your humanity and bringing joy to an area that can sometimes seem so heavy and significant and significant mm -hmm. as in mm -hmm. just uh, overwhelming, right? And, um, yeah. but I doubted for a long time that that was a message that was needed, you know, because I'm like, it's how I see the world and how I interact with the world, but do other people really need that? Maybe they do want the more intellectual version of this, not the more spiritual, right. perhaps humanitarian version. Um, but to your point, both of you, I've been, I was called, I kept getting called and kept getting called. I was like, fine, okay, do, show me how to do it then. And now I'm like, yeah. <laughs> So proud of this me. <laughs> it's so alive. So, what, oh my gosh, I'm so vibing with everything you're saying. There is something you told me once that is uh, every project is a baby. Yeah. And and it's true. I mean, yours is nine months, so should be out soon, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was more than nine months. That was like 10, 11 months. But still, yes, it is. Yeah. It's definitely. I'm actually. Now, I'm doing it for the first time in public on uh, next in a week so not even a week in less than a week so yes oh wow that Yay. should be exciting wow see it's, it's being burned yeah really mm -hmm. so, but i think for for both of you <clears throat> that idea of feeding yourself as well as other people really really resonates um, yeah there's a um i was saying like my a lot of my poetry is short because i think it's a part of being an Aries I'd like to do things and just get it over with like I have a thought and then once I wrote uh greatest dedication greatest our greatest dedication to self is dedication to us all and the idea at the time when I wrote this was a, some years ago it was because of me feeling like I wanted to 
stop working so hard. And when I say stop working so hard, I mean stop teaching. Teaching is hard. It's like you, you can't get out of it. There's no way unless you're like a part time one day a week teacher. And it was I, I, I remember telling myself. <laughs> As April provides a gentle <laughs> correction to her four year old niece. <laughs> right. It was me telling myself that I was making a difference in what I was doing. And it was not for me to leave because I felt tired or overwhelmed by it. It was like, no, this is this is what you do and you make a difference. Your students let you know you make a difference. So then I thought of that greatest dedication to self is dedication to us all. So it's like mm -hmm. what we do for ourselves matters for the rest of the world as well. Maybe it won't be a clear impact, but you know, oftentimes, sometimes there's just somebody watching you or just one person who needed to hear something that you had to say. And then that moves them to do whatever they have to do. It's such a huge difference. It makes a huge difference for us to um, answer those nudges that we have, those internal ones. 100%. Yeah. I, I, totally, I totally agree with that. Look at, uh, you, you mentioned it's true, I, I also write songs. Mm -hmm. and with the melody and putting together I have several videos and the first question is people ask me so why don't you open your youtube channel i say well because that is just for friends <laughs> um and i <laughs> i know it's still a little bit of fear of being naked in front of people but the other thing that happened was um i wrote this song last year about um it's a hope to uh, families to encounter again each other with each other and friends when the pandem pandemic is gone. Mm -hmm. And it talks about, you know, we're going to be stronger and we're going to be better than before. So I play the song. Uh, we are getting out, maybe not totally out of the pandemic, but we are getting out, right? Uh, or at least people are getting vaccinated. And I played the song to a friend and she says, I hadn't seen her in two years. And she said, why you didn't publish this song before? I said, um, well, it's just, you know, it was just playing. And she said, this gives me hope. Mm -hmm. And you didn't share it with me before. <laughs> okay, <laughs> listen there. <laughs> Somebody needs to hear what you uh, have to give. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, I think the art is something, you know, it came naturally for me, but when I started, you know, researching in my family, it happens that um, I have two, one nephew and one niece that they sing very well. Then my brother, he plays the drums and he learns, you know, as an adult. And then another sibling, she sings very well. Then my mother, uh, she used to recite when she was little. And then my grandmother, she wrote poems and she recited, you know, long poems. So, and my uncle, he played guitar, he played cuatro, which is a little guitar like a ukulele. Uh, he played three, which is uh, is like a guitar with two chords in each one of the, the cases there. And uh, he sang. So art is in the family, just we didn't put the things together. And I think that when you when you start looking for things, like writing, trying to find yourself, and all these emotions come up mm -hmm. and they become art, is a beautiful gift. It's not just for you, but also for the world. 
And I finally understood that even if I'm going to be naked <laughs> in front of everybody, uh, it's a, it, they are beautiful. The poems are beautiful, and I need to share them. And I want, uh, more than need, I want to share them. So mm -hmm. it will happen. Well, we'll be counting on it. Yeah. Um, April, I know, let, I, I think we should just acknowledge that we have Jay in the room. Would you like to introduce her? So that way, <laughs> well, she she's resigned now. She went over to watch the TV. I was just telling her to turn it down. She was because she lost interest in sitting here watching us. So then oh. she went over to watch the TV. So that's what I was telling her to turn it down. Yeah, she's, she's probably three, gonna fall asleep soon. She's five. Five. Yeah, she'll be oh. six in October. All right. Um, so I'm curious, so let's I actually think what you guys are talking about also is very applicable. You work with young people, April and work, yes. you have a, a teenage son, you're taking care of your, of your five-year-old niece right now. <laughs> you, you pointed to all your nieces and nephews and these family members who all have music and, and art in their background. So I'm curious, how do you all see this idea of inspiring young people to also find their creative expression? Like, what do you see work or what, what have you done? Because they don't have to wait until they've gone through a divorce or some sort of trauma or some dissatisfaction with life, right? I, I imagine there's other ways to get the kind of inspiration and self-expression. What, what would you guys say to that? Um, in my case, I would say that the main, the main tool for, for, for me and maybe for other artists is communication. It's telling them you know, what you are doing. is sharing with them what you are doing. Uh, in my family, everybody knows that I write poems. So they are sending to them. Um, I write in English and Spanish, and of course, the Spanish are the ones that I, that I share. Um, they know I sing. Every single song that I create, I put in a video. I, they are YouTube. No. They are just private, but they are there, and I send it to them. Uh, so they know they can express themselves. Um, I have one other niece. Uh, she doesn't sing, but she she draws so beautiful. And I asked her uh, to to prepare some uh, drawing for me because I wanted to include them in my book, and she did. Mm -hmm. I I gave her the idea, you know, like April. Uh, one of the poems, also another big poem, uh, came when I was just watching the water, and I told her hey, I need you to draw something of me, how, you know, the news came to me. And she drew it, just getting the idea, talking to her. So I think that um, communicating what you are doing to your family member and, and friends, they get inspired. And by they getting inspired, they can share also your art and they can get all, others inspired. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's, that's profound for, for them because when you click with something, if you take it, yeah. then great things can happen. Yeah. When the music comes, when the, when the rhythm can, comes to my mind and I have a melody, I have to record it. Otherwise, in five minutes later, it's gone, it's gone. right? It's like yeah. when you get the idea for a point, that's it. You have to write it down. You, do, you have to write it down. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's trying to tell them, you know, what you are doing. Yeah. 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 That's really important. I will say my, our family encourages me very much. I know one of my first poems I wrote for, I don't know if you remember grandma's 70th birthday party. That was years ago. Yeah. And I wrote a poem for her. 
Um, it was a pretty simple poem, I don't remember, but I remember the encouragement from the family. And now, I mean, unfortunately it's been at family passings. I know one of our aunts was, it was her birthday. I wrote a poem for her birthday. Um, I forgot, it might've, that might've been her 70th birthday, Pauline. Um, but then we had a couple of um, deaths in the family. Um, I wrote a poem for Tia Rosa who passed. I wrote another poem for Uncle Tito. So family in that way, I would hope that, I hope that our young ones feel that same thing. But even in thinking about like the, the, the teenagers in our family, but also the teenagers, the teenagers that I, uh, I work with, um, for them, a lot of times I, I always think about the freedom to create. And the freedom in the sense of not feeling like your work is not worthy mm -hmm. of whoever, right? And also feeling yourself enough to create what it is that you feel, you know, is the thing that represents you. Um, I know for me, I, I think I'm more so created certain in my head, created um, criticisms. Oh, people are not gonna like it and that sort of thing. And you know, I, I won't put it, nobody's gonna like that. I have poems now that it takes me some time before I decide to share it. Cause I, I read it and I look over it and I'm like, uh, I don't know. And then I share it and people are like, oh, this is awesome. I'm like, damn, why did I wait so long? But then, you know, for young people, they have this, especially now with social media, you have many opportunities to be criticized. You have many opportunities to see people not liking what you do or not liking what you create. But I think the most important thing is to feel that freedom of creating no matter what. So feeling like because you create, it's special. It doesn't have to be what it is that you created, but the fact that you took something out of nothing and made it a thing for us to see and experience and celebrate and to get young people to value that in themselves. So whatever it is, you know, I know with my son, with Julian, he likes to make music. His father is a songwriter um, and his father is very creative. So we didn't, we never pushed music on him or anything. He, you know, he played drums in, in middle school. He enjoyed that, but now it's like, you know, the digital music. So his father got him a new keyboard and then he has like uh, one of those uh, music softwares or platforms that he uses. He never plays us any of his music yet, but I know him and all, and so many of his peers enjoy making music. They, you know, and they send each other their things. He goes in different they have some kind of music chat rooms where people can share their beats and things like that. So I I don't haunt him about it. Like, you know, let me hear it or what's going on or whatever, <laughs> but just a, like allow him to do with it whatever he's doing. And then whenever he's ready, you know, to let mm -hmm. us hear it and that sort of thing. So definitely giving them encouragement to just be. Freedom to is create. Something, mm -hmm. Yeah, just to, to feel free in who they are and what they're creating is really important. All right, I just, I'm inspired right now. So I'm just gonna go with it. Um, and I'd like to invite both of you to do a small act of courage here on the podcast. What is something that you haven't shared before that this might be a wonderful opportunity to do so, right? That uh, freedom to not only create, but freedom to share what you create. So is there something that you might share with us that might be an act of courage for the two of you? Um. Anything? Do I have anything? Yes, I do have one. Okay. Yeah. So the song I created last year, mm -hmm. I sent it to a friend that she's in Argentina, and um, you know she was asking, 
hey, do you have something, you know, uh, for, for a show or something? But it was going to be supposedly a few people. Uh, said, yeah, sure. So I said to her, she said, oh, this is good. Can I have your permission to show it to the company? It was a town hall. I said, uh, how many people are we going <laughs> to would have been saying no already. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, at that point I said, go with it. it. Because, you know, I was going to feel like, you know, what if they don't like my voice? Mm. Oh my gosh, it's not perfect. It's knowing the real, you know, the perfect chord. It's, what if there is a musician there that knows about that? Oh my God, I'm going to be criticized, mm. right? And I said, you know, let's do it. And my boss didn't know my boss was going to be in the meeting. So I got all these messages like, I didn't know you signed. Thank you. (laughs) So I was sweating because they they called me and they projected the the video. So I was on camera with everybody else and the other, you know, they were projecting. So I was really sweating. Like, <laughs> like a kid, a kid with a toy. <laughs> well, Yvette, would you would you care to share what you shared there with us? Yeah, yeah. You want me to sing a little bit? Sure. Yeah. I need to find the lyrics because when I get nervous, I forget the. It's like like April, right? Like I know one point, one point, I know. <laughs> Here we go. When we're able to travel safely, crossing the borders, I travel quickly to hug and meet family and friends. I have been dreaming to see my beautiful sky again. Feeling the passion, seeing the smiley faces again. Pronto, pronto, we'll be together. Pronto, pronto, to hug again. Pronto, pronto, stronger and better. We'll be together once and for all. That's a little bit. That was beautiful. I love the lyrics. That was wonderful. I have And I have one day to translate, one day to translate from Spanish to English because I sent a friend from Toastmasters yeah. I sent it to her and she was like, no, we have to, we have to play in the contest. I said, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so there's a ride there. I said, you know, it is what it is. Let's see how it goes. Oh, thank you so much, Yvette. That, that was, was very generous. And yeah. it's, yes, it's a beautiful thank song. Thank you, thank you. And if you're open thank to you. it, for both of you, I would love to add into the show notes, the poem that you shared with us, as well as uh-huh. you know, or where they can find <laughs> it, or even the song and the video of this one. So yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. April, what's your act of courage for today? Um, I don't know. I don't really have one, I don't think. I mean, I was looking at what I had, um my poems and my notes. I don't have anything that I'm uh thinking is gonna well, take courage. Maybe to something share. that you did before. 
when you were trying to publish uh, something? Let me see. Um, let me see. Um, I don't know, not that I'm not, not that I'm like brave about everything, but <laughs> I'm looking at some of my, my notes because I keep like a ton of <laughs> writings in there. This is, you know, oh, I got to write down, that's where I do it. I do um, that too. Yeah. Consider, <laughs> consider it doesn't have to be like, I, this has never been shared before. This is secret or whatever. Yeah. But perhaps something that at this point in time you're inspired that you think, hey, this would be an interesting or appropriate message to um, really to contribute to us and to yourself. So I don't know why I'm landing on this. I'm, I'll, I'll read it. So the next book that I'm working on is about raising children. And, you know, considering the fact that I've been raising my own, but also had a hand in raising so many, helping to raise teenagers through, you know, school and all of that. I just have a, like a list that I wanted to include. And it, it, I guess it, it's kind of working as headers in the sense of like the things that I want to talk about in there, because there are perspectives that I have as far as what some parents can think about, especially young parents. Like I have right now about four or five of my students that graduated from high school in 2019 that are either currently pregnant or already had a baby. And I, you know, I, I not that I worry, I, I, I hate to use that word, but I think of them often, you know, and, and what I would want them to know and understand because they're all still very, very young. So anyway, um, I wrote before they must go on their own. Let them know there is no force on earth to stop your love for them. Give them words that will echo encouragement when you are out of reach. Tell them the meaning of their name. Teach them the value of earning anything. Talk to them about how important other people are too. Explain to them how simply human you are. Remind them how valuable their physical body is and give them basic ways to keep it healthy. Listen to them until they have no more to say. Show them how important life is above the material things. So that's just like a list that I have. I mean, I haven't, you know, put it out in the book yet, but yeah. those are some of the areas where I'll be like writing uh, some prose pieces. So this one would be a combination of poetry and prose. Um, mm -hmm. These uh, these things that I've learned um, and these ideas that I have about raising children. So, mm. Yeah, listen mm -hmm. to them until they have nothing else to say. Yeah. yeah, that's a tough you one. Know, I've been doing I've had... that, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's significant though. I, I used to do it with my son and, you know, even now he's as a teenager, much quieter, but when it's time for him to talk about something he has interest in, we can talk for an hour and, you know, he just gets it all out. And I, I know he feels heard. And it's a very important thing because there are young people who don't have connections like that with the adults in their life and you know even if it's not just parents but even older siblings and things like that so it's really important to allow them a lot of times you know people have that children are to be seen and not heard or we have adult yeah. problems we don't want to hear what you have going on so it's really important mm -hmm. oh that's so good ah look okay i just had i just had a revelation what's your revelation <laughs> i saw it i saw you doing like a like a podcast for teenagers for me? Talking about, yeah, 
Really? Wow. Because it could really help them, you know. Yeah. If I, when I was teenager, if I had had more guidance, maybe I, I would be in, you know, in the NASA working. <laughs> yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. um, and the few guidance that I had, uh, they, they really made a, an impact in my life. Mm -hmm. Like I had this teacher that she used to tell me, you know, your English is very good. You should think about learning more. Uh, I remember her. Mm -hmm. And and the other teacher told telling me, if you can travel, and there's nothing more I like other than writing than traveling. So maybe what you are doing there and those ideas that you're putting together, maybe you can have something on the podcast for for teenagers that uh, you know, of young teenagers with uh, mothers that have kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can hear you. Yeah, no, you're definitely onto something. I've had about three people, even one of our cousins, Andre, said to me the other day, cuz let's do a podcast. I was like, uh, I said, you started, I'll be a guest. <laughs> well, you've already been on the guest side. Now it's right. time to produce, produce. Oh, well, look, Thank both you of you that. are up. Thank yeah, you. you're up to things. This is, this is just another level, another layer that we're exploring today. And I'm so yeah. grateful for, to both of you for being on the podcast today. Um, I, I do want to shift a little bit of the focus as we wrap up to just ask you about this experience. What's it been like being on a podcast with a stranger and sharing so intimately your creativity? I think for me, it, um, and I guess this is always something that I want, I've always been, my mind, I, I, I cannot say that I'm that well-traveled I still have every intention, but I've always been someone wondering about the open world. What are people thinking, doing, you know, seeing strangers, how they behave, that sort of thing. So this was a nice way to kind of close that in. You're all the way in Texas and um, not knowing your relationship with Valerie, still I get to understand you as an individual, almost like, you know, Valerie was the conduit, of course, but still knowing that you exist out there and you've had these experiences and this is what you do. It also continues to make me wonder about other people, mm -hmm. right? If, if we had met in some other situation, perhaps I would never have known that you mm -hmm. sing or that you write music or that you do poetry, right? Mm -hmm. It could have been, so the, that I think um, has been great to know that there are people who live their lives, who are engineers, who are writing poetry, <laughs> writing music. You know, it doesn't have to be that, that, that creative enclave or the typical look of it, for sure. Yeah. So dare I say inspired curiosity, April. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Yvette, what about for you? Yeah, for me, there were two main things. One, that I wanted to listen. So what we have learned about active listening and, mm -hmm. and it was good because I, I was, I came to the podcast with the idea of learning. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes a difference on, on the, the whole time. Right. Mm -hmm. And the other one that even though we're so different, we live in cities, we were, we were brought up different. We have so many things in common for mm -hmm. the creative process and it's incredible because people keep saying i am and you see it all the time i am unique 
yeah, you are unique. That's okay. It's true. You have your own genes and everything. But at the end, when you create, you know, it's more or less the same process. And you can have, at having that, that things that are in common, mm -hmm. then something else is born. Yeah. Because it's true. It's reaffirming that even though we're unique, we can be very similar to. Mm. Like no, that. it's interesting. I was talking to my mom earlier, right before this podcast, actually, and she was all excited. She's like, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to watch this. And the, the I don't remember how I even got into the conversation, but I said, you know, all I needed to find between people is just a thread of human connection. That's mm -hmm. it. And then I leave the rest up to the universe. I leave the rest up to my guests to figure out how and how much and for how long. And, you know, clearly the two of you have found that thread of human <laughs> connection. And I hope, you know, my hope for you is that you continue to, A, continue to get curious about other people. But if this, you know, this experience or this exchange has provoked any new ideas or inspiration or opportunity to deepen the connection that you do freely, right? You have, you have, you're now free to create. <laughs> You've always been free to create, uh, but I'm so grateful. Any, any final words before we wrap up? Um, just thank you for having me on this. This was a great experience. I really appreciate it. It was very nice to meet you, but it was very nice. Me too, April. Um, let's keep connected so we can yes. you can be invited to the book signing. Yes, um, that would be awesome. <laughs> I do want to thank you, Valerie, for this invite. I'm so glad I met another soul that has done things very similar to me. And also to uh, formally to make... Um, Thank you to people that have helped me so much with this writing. Um, Maria Tovar, Maria Diaz, and Donald Schmicht. Uh, they have helped me so much, you know, being so compassionate and understanding, especially when I was going through the process mm -hmm. and writing my poem and giving me so many, so many recommendations. So thank you. If you are listening to this one, thank you. Oh, wow. But thanks to all the people who are out there inspiring others. And you know, the thing is, we never know what inspires people. We never know what you said. There was a word, there was a facial expression, there was a moment in time that could inspire somebody to create something. Even yeah. the pain that we might be suffering at any given moment could create something completely new that would inspire yeah. other people. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I think this teaches me not to take any moment for granted and any mm -hmm. relationship for granted or any moment in a relationship as difficult or as confusing or whatever it might be that that has the power to create as well. So thank you two so much for being on the podcast and all of you who tuned in, thank you for tuning in. Please make sure that you subscribe by going to www.notquitestrangers.com. That way you don't miss a single episode. They'll go straight into your inbox. Yvette, <laughs> April, beautiful work. Thank you so much for sharing your passion you, and sharing you. your art with us. Thank you, you're welcome. You are very welcome. Ours. Have a wonderful rest of the day, everyone. You've been listening to the podcast, Not Quite Strangers. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite video or podcast platform. And for more information and content, go to notquitestrangers.com. See you next time. <laughs>